Well, thank you so much for being here today, uh, this special Thanksgiving Sunday, as we celebrate and worship and give thanks to God for all that He's done. Uh, I re- recognize that this is a difficult day for some folks, uh, but as the, as the psalmist expresses to us, as we see it in the Old Testament, to give thanks, as we see it even in the Torah, as Moses commands the people to give thanks, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, in the epistles, one of the things that God calls us to do as believers, and when we are most pleasing to Him, is when we're giving praise and when we're giving glory and we're expressing thanks. Matter of fact, it's the chief purpose for why we exist after we excuse me, receive Him. By the way, I've got hiccups. Um, <clears throat> doesn't really work real well when you're a preacher, so I might have to cut this thing short here for just a second. But nevertheless... Uh, We want to take a time where we do that today and where we take some time to just praise Him. Matter of fact, the song that we started off with uh, comes from the passage right before the passage we'll look at today. It's found in 1 Chronicles 15. The Ark of the Covenant that had been stolen by the Philistines has now been returned by David and his men. And so it is a time of celebration. The Bible says that David went out and danced before the Lord and brought celebration. And then we see the text found in First Chronicles 16, verses 7 through actually 38, and we'll look at 7 through 12. It's the same passage that we find in Psalms 105. It is a passage meant for special occasions of celebration and giving thanks. It is a time of thanksgiving. It is a thanksgiving prayer of praise, a time where they come together and express to God Almighty, their feelings, regardless of their circumstances, regardless of what has happened. And I know for some of you this year, it may have been very difficult. You may have lost jobs. You may have lost loved ones. You may have dealt with pain. You may have dealt with the death of a relationship. I know that 2008 has been difficult for many people, but it is a time now that we come together even in spite of our pains, to give thanks for what we do have. Sometimes it's easy for us to get focused on what has occurred or what might occur and forget what we do have. And so I want to invite you to give thanks, to worship, to sing, to praise our King. 2008. Interesting year. We walked through a presidential election process. We voted, debated, and eventually we elected a new president. And how about Wall Street in 2008? There's not a person in here whose financial situation didn't change. Hurricane Hannah and Hurricane Ike leveled our cities and our communities. Then there's the war in Iraq. And no matter what you believe about that war, we all feel it deeply in our hearts. It's like we carry sadness with us every day. People in this very room have experienced the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, the pain of a divorce, or the embarrassment of a home foreclosure. 2008. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. It's Thanksgiving. You know that time of year when we're supposed to feel thankful for our many blessings, right? So we try to feel thankful. We know we should, but it's tough to just feel thankful, especially after 2008. But what if we did something different this year? New lenses just for a minute. 
What if we stopped equating our blessings with our circumstances? Now that might just bear repeating. What if we stopped defining our blessings in terms of our circumstances and began to consider the fact that the real blessing in our lives is that we have a God who is with us no matter what? It would mean that we'd be thankful that He never leaves us and never forsakes us, ever. It would mean that we'd be grateful for worshiping a God who is chasing us and inviting us to chase Him. It would mean that we would thank the healer in the middle of the hurt. It would mean that we would express gratitude, not in response to our circumstances, but in response to who He is, period. Gratitude. It's when we realize that we're not entitled to anything. Gratitude, not for our circumstances, but for God's involvement in the middle of them. So what if this year was different? Gratitude for God's presence alone. That might just change everything. Yeah, everything. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is found all throughout the Bible, as we mentioned. In Deuteronomy, Moses said, when you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that your plenty, in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands and decrees that you have been given. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built nice homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold is multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud of the time and forget the Lord your God who has rescued you and blessed you. You may say to yourself, My power and strength are of my hands and I have produced all that I possess. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow after idols and bow down to the things of this world, I testify against you today that those things will surely perish. In the Psalms, the psalmist tells us, I will give thanks to the Lord because of His righteousness. Will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. That my heart may sing to you and not be silent, O Lord my God. I will give thanks forever. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. And among the throngs of people, I will praise you. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, the story of the ten lepers is told. And after the ten left, one came back and not only thank Jesus, but bowed before Him. And Jesus said, Your thanksgiving and your prayer and recognition has not only saved you physically, but it has saved you spiritually. Jesus says, Your faith has made you well. And exactly what He is saying, it has made you well both physically and spiritually. And in the epistles in Philippians, Paul says, Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petitions and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. A few weeks ago, many of you were here when we had some folks come up on the uh, the platform. And I just wanted to give you an update. We had a couple of those guys I, I had a chance to meet with, Zeke and, and Richard, this week. And Zeke shared how 
Uh, he is in process uh, to coming to know Christ and is really seeking. And he's agreed. We have a, a ministry associate, Rob, uh, who is going to be, he committed to meet with for 15 minutes each week and to begin to look at the Bible and begin to consider receiving Christ. And he goes back to that Sunday. He said, you know, when I come here, I feel received and I feel like there's something I'm missing. And then as we talked to Richard, Richard shared with me how he had been on drugs and alcohol for most of his adult life. He said, you know, I'd gotten to several weeks back to where I'd lost my job. I spent the last bit of my money. I remember that last Sunday. I scraped up $10 of change and I hawked everything I had and I went and I did some drugs with the last penny that I had and I came back and soon the the high was gone and I was sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? And I had prayed before, but this time I said, God, I'm asking you to take over. I give you my life. I cannot do it on my own. I need you. Come in and save me and come in and take over my life. And he's committed to begin to meet and to be discipled by Rob as well. You see, good things are happening. I, I, even in this morning's service, you know, there are at least three people who are coming right now who have told me, said, you know, I, I've not made a commitment to Christ, but I'm seeking right now. And can I tell you, one of the great ways of our witness is when we praise God, not just in the great times, but even in the struggles. You see, that's something that people who don't know Christ, well, it makes no sense. When you're struggling at work, when you're struggling at home, when your finances are difficult, and yet you praise God. I'm not talking about glossing over it and pretending like it doesn't exist. I'm talking about praising Him for what you do have and for where He will bring you as we begin to give thanks and to give praise. Because here's what Satan wants to do. He wants to rob us of our chief purpose, which is to bring glory and thanksgiving to God. And he wants to rob us in this manner. He wants you to think, whatever your difficulty is in life, and I know there are many that we experienced this year, he wants you to begin to focus and dwell there and begin to live in the worst case scenario from this point on. He wants you to think, what is the worst thing that can happen? What is the worst thing that could possibly occur? Well, let's go ahead and start filling that and living in it right now. And let's just live that out. And Jesus is wanting you to, to look at life and say, you know what? Yes, this is a difficult time, and I'm going to walk with through. I'm not guaranteeing that all the pain will just pass away instantaneously, but I want to grow you, and I want to know you to know that I have a hope and a future. And I want you to start living in the life that I've given you and thanking me now even for what you're not currently experiencing in this moment. And as you begin to praise Him, as even when you don't feel like it, it begins to become real. You begin to experience the glory of God and the sustaining power. As Job said, Though you slay me, yet will I praise you. Yet will I trust you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, beginning with the 7th verse. 1 Chronicles 16, beginning with the 7th verse. I want to share a few stories with you this morning of real life experiences that people are experiencing. One 
Uh, I wanted to share with you as we look at this time of Thanksgiving and praise is Blake Graham. That was his father who plays the piano. And Blake is a senior in high school. He plays football. And uh, Blake had a concussion in a game back on August 22nd. Or at least they thought it was a concussion. Uh, he came home and went to the doctor and thought it was simply a concussion and he would be okay. But over the last few months, he's had 12 seizures where he's passed out. His vision became impaired. Headaches became a constant. And uh, he was not able to play nor even go to school or read. Uh, and just living in pain and blurred vision as a senior in high school. Doctors really couldn't figure out what the problem was or how to stop the seizures. And then uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, as many began to pray, as they began to call out, as Blake and his family and others began to pray, uh, he went to a, a special doctor who did some cranial adjustments and the pain began to, to fade away. And uh, he hasn't had any seizures since. And uh, as Cindy said, $30,000 later, we're giving praise to God because the seizures are gone and because God has saw fit to bring about healing. And it truly is a great thanksgiving. Another of our families uh, that some of you may or may not know are the uh, Adams family. And Cindy Adams, who uh, helps with our PowerPoints, uh, several years back they had a son and immediately after... Uh, they became pregnant again and and had a miscarriage. It wasn't long later they became pregnant and yet another miscarriage. During that time, Cindy went into a, a deep, dark depression and she began to really struggle. And she, I remember her telling me one time I, I would even hear the cries in that room. And Then I became pregnant again, but I, there were some complications and I was sure we would lose yet another child. And as we struggled through that, uh, the baby was born, but I still didn't believe that it would live. And still in my depression, I just couldn't seem to come out. And uh, it was during that time my husband encouraged me, and we uh, found this church. We began to come, and I began to have people pray for me and encourage me, and I began to uh, see a Christian counselor. And uh, my son, I finally was able after a period of time, to begin to bond and begin to believe that he would live. And through that valley and through that journey, God has now led me to help start at Rock Point and be the lead, liaison and leader from Rock Point with a ministry called Hopeful Hearts for those who have had miscarriages and lost children. And I thank Him now for where He's brought me from that valley of despair to a beautiful, healthy little boy. It doesn't always work out that way, but we recognize that even in despair, God still has a plan. God still has a hope and a future. God still asks us to praise Him. Here in First Chronicles chapter 16, this is also found exactly uh, the same passage in Psalm 105. It is a psalm or a praise. As a matter of fact, the psalms really could almost be renamed the praises or the praise, the Hillel. Uh, it could be called songs, but it might even be more appropriately called the praise. And uh, This is a psalm from David, Asaph, who was the chief worship leader that David empowered from the 
commissioning of God writes this prayer of thanksgiving when the Ark of the Covenant has been thrown, the earthly throne of God Almighty that signified His presence there amongst the people. And they are giving praise and thanks that the Ark has been returned, that David and his men have brought it back to the holy city. And in verse 8, this is what they are commanded to do. This is the song of praise, of thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord. And what does it mean to give thanks? Call on His name. Call and ask for His aid. Call and ask for His assistance. Recognize His power. As I told you that story about Richard Keener, as I came to that place, I'd prayed before, but at this point I said, God, I give you my life and I will do whatever you ask. I have to have you. You have to do this because I can't do it. Calling upon Him because of the need and because of the recognition of who I am and who He is. Make known among the nations what He has done. Share of the good news. Share of what God has done in your life. Of the hope and salvation you've received. Even in the difficult times, share of the goodness of God. Sing to Him. Sing. You know, sometimes people say, you know, y'all sure do a lot of singing here. And we're doing a lot of singing today. You know why? Because it's one of the primary ways that we can express praise and thanksgiving and a grateful heart to God. We can express with the songs what we are not able and adequately able to express sometimes with mere words. It is a time where our heart overflows and where we sing words of truth and words of Scripture and principles of Scripture and we sing them to glorify and to give Him praise, which is the next... uh, matter of fact, these are literally ten imperatives that God gives us here. Sing praise to Him. That word praise means to celebrate. Matter of fact, it's the word that we get the word hallelujah from, which simply means let us praise Yah. Let us praise Yahweh. In the modern day vernacular, we usually say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But it literally means to praise. Let us praise Yah. Hallelujah. Let us praise Him. Tell of His wonderful acts, of the Gospel, and how Jesus has come and how He saved us. In this particular instance, of course, they were talking about God Almighty, but and it was the God of the Old Testament. But you know what? The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament as well. We believe in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And today we are to tell of what He's done in our life, of the Gospel, of how He came and lived as you and I, and experienced the pains and the suffering, and died upon a cross as a perfect, sinless being that we might have our sins forgiven because the Bible required the sacrifice of blood. And the writer of Hebrews said that He paid that price once and for all because His blood was perfect and holy and it was applied to our account. For all of us who receive His forgiveness and trust Him, it has been applied to our account. Glory to His holy name. That word glory means to make beautiful, to ornate, to decorate so to speak, <clears throat> much like the tree we have over here that is ornate. Uh, matter of fact, just so you know, many of the ornaments there are little uh, opportunities for us to bless others. 
They are, uh, if you want to take one of those cards to help a needy family or one of our church planters or even our clean water in Africa and the, the work that we're doing there, uh, CCA, there are different ministries that we're going to use that. Uh, if you know of a family here within our church, within our church body or someone who's attending uh, that needs help, give us that name or ask them to contact us one, of the, one way or the other. And we want to help them. As God has given to us, one of the ways that we thank Him is we help and love our neighbor who has need. I encourage you to go over there at some point and take one of those off. It's a great way for your children to understand really what Christmas is all about. As he continues, he says, Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. That word rejoice right there means the physical manifestation of praise. It's the external representation. So, when we, if, if we are moved in the Spirit and we raise our hands, if we bow our knee, if we bow our head, uh, if we spread out our hands, if we pray, whatever we do when we physically experience the Lord, as we do that, that is called rejoicing. That is a method of rejoicing. When we stand before Him as we are moved by the Spirit, that is a spirit of rejoicing. It is a manner of giving thanks to God Almighty. Look to the Lord and His strength. That right there is the introspection. It's when we stop and we deeply look at who we are and who God is. When we pensively take time to consider who He is and who we are and our need for Him and we recognize the greatness of our God. Seek His face as we seek, as we pray, as we ask, as we attempt to find His direction in our lives. In verse 12, remember the wonders He has done, the miracles, the judgments He has pronounced. Remember, the great Jewish theologian Abraham Heschel says that the most significant word in the Hebrew language is remember. This morning we came and we received from the table of God, from this table of Christ, and we received communion. And one of the primary things we do is we remember we remember His sacrifice. We remember His life. We remember that He was crucified. But um, after three days, He rose again and He defeated death and sin. We remember. So in one sense, it is a memorial, but it's much more than that. It's a time of thanksgiving. Eucharist, the very meaning of the word. Thanksgiving. It's a time of recognition. It's a time of celebration. And so as we do that, as we celebrate, as we remember, we remember we touch the past as we touch the presence of Jesus Christ. We're still and we recognize. And we recognize the commitment. We recognize the glory. We recognize the beauty of Christ as we remember and we focus and we consecrate and we worship. There's two other families that I want to share with you their story. One uh, is a family called the McDaniels. And the McDaniels, uh, Mike and Amanda and their children, uh, started coming here a couple of years ago. And uh, this just about a month ago, I began to receive emails about a great opportunity that they had. And they were praying about this business. It was a business that Amanda had always wished she could do. It was a dream. 
And it looked like all the pieces were falling into place and they began to pray and they began to get the financing. And then at the last moment as they prayed, they said, God, close this door if this is not right. And their fax is broken. And while their fax is broken, they went over the numbers again. They realized that they had miscalculated. And if they moved ahead with this, they were going to be in deep financial trouble. And they just finished going through Crown Ministries. And they had begun to, begin to have a little savings put back and to organize their finances and recognize how important. And as they looked at it, they, they realized, we can't go through with this. this. We can't do it right now. And, and they just thanked God for closing that door. And four days later, Mike lost his job. And he was the, the only provider of their family. And you see, this isn't, wasn't the first time that he'd lost his job because a few, just a couple of years ago he'd lost his job. And Mike is a Cal Berkeley graduate and has a master's from Notre Dame. But just a couple of years ago, he found himself without a job and without savings, and he began to work minimum wage jobs because he couldn't find another job. He had a master's degree, but he was working for about seven fifty an hour at multiple jobs. And during that time, God sustained them. But they knew that that was a very real possibility. And they knew that that might happen again. But during that time, uh, just a few days ago, when the news has come, the business is not going to work, we've lost our job, their son Luke, their oldest son Luke, came in and said, I want to give my life to Jesus. And the next day, after they talked with him for a while, they kneeled with him and their son Luke gave his life to Christ. No job for mom. No job for dad. Holidays coming. And last time this happened, I was working minimum wage jobs for six months. They said, you know what? We determined in spite of this we were going to praise him. So we gave thanks. And just a few days ago, Mike got a job. Now, I tell you this, not that it always works out that way. Matter of fact, I tell you the whole story so that you know that sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes God chooses just to sustain us in life's battles and challenges. But we know this. Surely goodness and mercy will follow us. And that Jesus comes to give us life and to give us life abundantly. And it doesn't, matter, it doesn't mean there aren't valleys. It doesn't mean that there aren't times of struggle. But it means that He is still on the throne. And as Amanda and Mike said, you know the real blessing, the real joy, was our Son receiving Christ. And so even if we were back to where we were, working minimum wage jobs again, we'd still give thanks. One other story I wanted to share with you, the Brennan family who's here today. I remember meeting Neil about a year and a half ago when he came to our church. as We had a chance to visit not long ago. He kind of shared his story. He grew up in England. I remember hearing that accent. And uh, he shared with me that he was he grew up in England. And he said, you know, I went to church for a little while when I was young, but when I was 11... I left, and I kind of thought, I'm not really getting much out of this, and I kind of left God in the church, uh, really with no thought of returning, and I hit the soccer field uh, with no anticipation or no desire to ever go back. And as I grew, I moved over here to the United States, I got married, and when we had children, my wife encouraged me, let's go to church. And so I kind of, just to go along, just for them, uh, decided to go, and I, I, I went some, but Really, nothing was happening. I really didn't get anything out of it. I thought, this is just for the kids. And then I got a postcard in the mail about a grand opening that y'all were having. And I saw Pat Summerall and some other people. And I thought, I want, I want to go hear that. 
And little did I know that was the beginning of a change in my life. And I began to listen. I began to go to a Bible study that was done on Tuesday mornings and hear those messages. And the Bible just began to come alive to me. And I began to really strongly consider the claims of Christ. And then Lee Strobel came. And uh, I'll never forget this because I remember the 8 o'clock we had a time just for men. And it was on the existence of God. And I mean, it was really technical. And I remember listening to that and I go, man... I don't know if anybody's getting anything out of this. This is just like way up here, and this is really technical. I remember talking to Neil later. He goes, you know, when I heard that, it's like I was convinced. I knew that God was real, and I knew that God uh, wanted to have a relationship. It's just the proof that I was looking for. It kind of filled in those blanks, uh, which still goes to prove that sometimes when you hear a sermon, you go, oh, that was a dud. I didn't get anything out of that. Uh, somebody might be getting something, okay? Uh, but he pointed back to that time. And then I had the wonderful experience. His son, Will, trusted Christ. I had the wonderful experience a few months ago of baptizing the two of them together. That's their Thanksgiving story. You know, uh, Neil has gone through job loss as well. And many other people have gone through job losses and tragedies within our families. But let me tell you, the real test of our faith is not that we smile when things are good but that we give praise regardless of the circumstances, that we give thanks to Almighty God, recognizing though it may be a season, a time where it may be painful, may, while it may seem too long, while it may seem there's little hope to realize that we serve a great God. And as we give thanks, our perspective, our heart, begins to change and God can use even our most dire circumstances let's pray and then I want to encourage you to sing just as the psalmist says here as David says here give thanks to the Lord call on his name make known his deeds among the people sing to him and sing praise to him I want to encourage you to sing this as a prayer to God be the glory. Lord, inhabit the praises of Your people as we give thanks, as we recognize the great things that You have done. We give You praise and thanksgiving now. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray these things. Amen.